don't call it a comb back, I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. I appreciate you changed Raheem Mostert's name to Kareem Mostert. No, I said no. This is the Press Box. Tyler, are you still there? With Grady and Bischoff. Those two maroons <laughs> can jump on a boat and sail up Lake Mead, n- never to be seen again. On ESPN Las Vegas. I think it means one maroon from now on. I'm, I'm uh, kind of that guy's buddy. He's only your buddy because he wants to take a shot at me. No, he likes me. He doesn't like you. He, he just does. Hates he me. does. He was texting me last night during the game. Yeah, I was so, getting texts during the Penguins so game. So that he guy. can tell me I was texting Ed during yeah, the game. Exactly. Darn right. Darn That's right. Old Darren Millard, my best friend. Darren Millard, unbelievable. Love that guy. That guys. If you Love start, if you start calling him Mallard instead of Millsy, I'm going to be ashamed. That's the you. line. Yeah, that's the line. That's the line. If you give up on his fake nickname of Millsy, I will be disappointed. Oh no, Mallard's the fake nickname. Mallard's his self-given nickname or whatever he thinks he did over there. My buddy Mallard. <laughs> God, I love that guy. My buddy Mallard sounds like a kid's book. The wife loves his suits. What about the pocket squares? Apparently he's got any, one that any, glows in yeah, the dark. Anything any, well, okay, I'm gonna give him a pass on that one. He didn't he didn't run out uh he didn't run out under the ice under the tunnel um with a. Uh, uh, glow in the dark pocket square. So that's another important question. Did anybody know that his pocket square was glow in the dark? Because normally when you're on TV, you know, there's lights on you. Yeah. Not I didn't be until in the you dark. told me that. I didn't know. I he told us yesterday. I didn't no idea. So I don't believe it was glow in the dark until I see some evidence of Darren Millard in the dark. I'm a big fan of the single section of white hair. I think it's a good oh. look. Oh Darren? Yeah. I like it. It's 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 like a different type of salt and pepper on the yeah. on the sides. It's just he's got this, it going, this guy. This one little thing. Got it, it looks going. like he spilled the salt in one spot. I like it. The first bite. The first bite is brought to you by the Real Estate Guys 15K giveaway. Go to lvsportsnetwork.com to check it out. Does Eric Harper want UNLV to go to a bowl game? You know what? I think for the kids he does. You think so? I think for the kids he does. I think I think any look, this will be their fourth one. Is this their fourth ever? So I know he's looking for a coach, but when you haven't been to many in a long time or forever, uh, I think you want it on the resume that you actually went to a bowl game. Uh I it's a curious situation where you fire the head coach and the team might end up in a bowl game, especially given that they need uh, Akron to beat Buffalo for UNLV to go to a bowl game. I do agree with you in the sense that, like, he probably wants it for the the sake of the kids getting that reward, but it's a very awkward situation for. Oh the yeah, these these situations have popped up before, and and you don't. And the the awkward thing is, a lot of the broadcast is about it. Oh, and you, you you just do nothing but talking about candidates and oh, who's the interim yes. coach and he doesn't have a chance. And and UCLA used to do that every other year. They would fire someone every other year, and they would come to a bowl game, and all you would hear about is who the next coach of UCLA was going to be. If they, oh yeah, if they end up in whatever random bowl game in Mobile, Alabama, that's all the broadcast probably should yeah. talk about. Like, oh, here's a second and eight. Can UNLV get Gary Patterson? Like that should be the entire. It's the most interesting thing 
about the program, and I'm sure it's going to be more interesting than whatever random team they play from Conference USA or something yeah. like that, because they're not going to be that interesting. That should be. That should dominate the broadcast is, hey, this team's in their fourth ever bowl game, and they fired the coach. Who's next? I mean, didn't Barry Alvarez for years have in his contract that, like, if he coached as the AD, if he coached the bowl game, he got a bonus? <laughs> And he did do that. Yeah, and he kept doing it. He, he kept doing that. <laughs> he, he kept naming kept, himself the, the, the head coach for the bowl game. Yeah, who wouldn't name themselves interim? That's what Eric Harper Could Eric said Harper done. name himself? <laughs> Eric Harper knew it was a lot about football. He yeah. actually played. He might as well have been the interim. I don't think it's. I don't think he gets a bonus in his contract, though. He'd have to write well, that in I himself. Well, I mean, he's the AD. Doesn't yeah. he just have to have a piece of paper printed and <laughs> I mean, sign it? I think there's somebody that has to approve it. There's some oversight there. Eric Harper's not just... Uh, Giving himself 50 right. grand. He gets to do whatever there. Now, here's the scenario UNLV in for a bowl game. They got uh, bad news. If we assume they want to go, they got bad news yesterday because New Mexico State got a waiver from the NCAA and New Mexico State's bowl eligible right now. If you have been paying attention, the scenario, New Mexico State finished the year five and six. They had a canceled game with San Jose State. Um, San Jose State football player died. That led to that cancellation. So they had a canceled game. They didn't get to play the full 12-game schedule. New Mexico State went out and found an opponent. They're going to play Valpo, who's an FCS team. However, the NCAA does not allow teams to count two FCS wins towards bowl eligibility, and New Mexico State already beat an FCS team. So I had been working under the assumption that New Mexico State, after they got Valpo on the schedule, was going to need a waiver from the NCAA to allow both FCS games to count. But the NCAA gave New Mexico State a waiver yesterday. They're just in a bowl game. They, yeah, yeah, they were celebrating on the field. They're, they were screaming, bowl, bowl, yeah. bowl. They're in. Even if they lose to Valpo they're in a bowl this game. weekend, they are, they are already bowl eligible. Yeah. So the NCAA basically said, hey, we're five and six. We're bowl eligible. You're, you're bowl eligible now. You're ahead of all the five and seven teams because you had a game canceled and five and six is better than five and seven. If they lose to Valpo, that's going to be a little weird, right? Well, yeah. And, <laughs> but if you lose to an FCS team and you're celebrating in the locker room, it's going to look a little strange, <laughs> which they probably would be. Well, I don't know. I saw the clip yesterday when the, they were told on the field after practice that they're bowl eligible and they went crazy. So I don't know if they're going to go crazy again because they know they're going to a bowl. Yeah. Now, New Mexico State has said like, oh, we scheduled this as like a senior day type thing for the, for the players, right? They've, when they announced it, they were like, this is not necessarily about bowl eligibility. This is more about uh, letting our seniors have one last home game and all that. So they're playing that angle as to why they scheduled it. But I just found it interesting that it doesn't matter if they lose this weekend. Like, I thought we would be going into this weekend and it'd be like, all right, if New Mexico State loses, UNLV is going to a bowl yeah. game. Yeah, because both are going to play Akron. Yeah, but it's irrelevant. So UNLV will go to a bowl game if Buffalo loses to Akron. Fun fact, that game kicks off in three hours. When we get off the air, Buffalo will be playing Akron. As a 11.5 point favorite. Right. And if Akron wins, UNLV is going to a bowl game. So we'll know around 1, 2 o'clock today if UNLV is the final bowl eligible team or if Buffalo takes that spot from them. I love that this game is on a Friday at 10 a.m., by yeah. the way. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. What a time. <laughs> it's on TV, too. It's on CBS Sports Network. Like, I'm guessing that's why it's at 10 a.m. on Friday, because CBS Sports Network was like, ah, 
We got programming the entire yeah. weekend. Except the sports sports uh, network tends to do these kind right. of things. 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. We got gotcha. you. So the biggest game in about eight seasons for UNLV is a Buffalo <laughs> Akron football game at 10 a.m. on a Friday. On a Friday. Oh, that's great. It's awesome. That's phenomenal. And if the results go UNLV's way, they'll be going to a bowl game without a head coach. Such a great scenario. Yeah. I, again, I'll go back to my original thought. I think he wants them to go. I, I don't. He's out looking for a coach. I mean, he should be out looking for a coach. Um, he's already named an interim who can handle a bowl game. I assume he can handle a bowl game. And I think it'd be cool for the kids. I think it'd be cool. You know, they lost their coach. The coach gets fired. They get to go to a bowl game. I, I mean, it's a long shot. It's going to happen. Akron's horrible. So Buffalo will probably hey, they're win coming the game. off a win. They beat Northern Illinois like 40 to 15. They're coming off a uh, win. Well, two and nine. Akron Akron started the year with a win over an FCS team, lost all of their games until last week, and they beat Northern Illinois by like 20. Like blew them out too. Uh, they're hot, Ed. Can you imagine the Akron coach in the uh, pregame saying, let's get win this for the UNLV? <laughs> for UNLV. Let's see, let's win this for the for the Rebels. We love the Rebels. UNLV should have sent their band. Yeah. <laughs> Should have sent someone. Right. Do you think they have, you know, wait, you know wait, how you wait. have you, people? You send the dance team. Yes. You send yeah. anything. You all, send yeah. the Just dance. all of them. The band yeah. and the dance team and the chair. Eric Harper should be at the game. I was going to I was just going to say that. Like, do you think he went to scout and say, hey, if this happens, right. you, I'm calling you guys. Everyone gather around the phone in the weight room at about 1 p.m. Okay. And I'm going to give the news that we're going to a bowl. Let me ask you it this way. Who do you think wants Akron to win more and put UNLV in a bowl game? Eric Marcus Harper Arroyo or Marcus Arroyo. Oh, put them in. Who? Which oh, one? Oh, Eric Harper. You think Harper wants the bowl game more than Arroyo? Absolutely. I think Arroyo He's, wants it more than Harper. Really? Yeah. Oh, because he wants to say he coached yes. a team that yes. had, went to a bowl. I mean, his when he put out his statement after getting fired, there were a lot of excuses in there about oh, the COVID season, blah blah blah, and I couldn't. We didn't even get to take our first recruiting class to their senior year, whatever. But he also put in there like we're still. Um, close to getting bowl eligible, right? We're almost there. I think he 100%. Right, I was thinking in the form of he just got fired and he didn't want it to happen because he just got fired and he was bitter over getting fired. But when you say that, it makes sense that he can then kind of pound his chest right. a little on the sideline of all of this saying, hey, that was my team. I went to a bowl game. Right. And Maybe he uses that for his next job. I don't know. And I assume he actually likes some of his assistant coaches and some of his players and would like for those people to get the reward mm-hmm. of going to a bowl game. Maybe he doesn't like them. I don't know. But I'm assuming he likes them. But I, I if you're Marcus Arroyo, and again, not that you would necessarily like say this out loud at any point, but if you're Marcus Arroyo and your team, even though you're not there, goes to a bowl game and you got fired, the next coach that walks into UNLV... If he does not go to a bowl game in year one or year two or year three, Marcus Arroyo can absolutely sit over there and say, fired me for somebody who couldn't right. get where I got. Right. Even if the next guy comes in, goes five and seven next year, and they don't get to a bowl game because they don't, there's enough six and six teams, Arroyo would still probably be like, I got to a bowl game. This bum didn't. Yeah. Right. That's, that's exactly. So if I, if I'm Arroyo, you're damn right. I want them to go to a bowl game. I am. I'm in Akron or Buffalo, wherever the hell this game is. <laughs> Cheering for giving the pregame speech. Oh, I'm in, yes, I am calling Akron. So, like, you you need me? I'll come, I'll fire you guys up. This is the biggest game in my career. I'm not even involved in it. Absolutely, I would be in Buffalo 
cheering for Akron, whatever I could do. It'd be great. If like it, if things are going bad, I'm like streaking on the field to try to like get get Akron going. I don't know. We're doing something. Finding the power. Well, it's at 10 a.m. They probably don't need the lights. They don't need those. No, yeah. it's sunlight. <laughs> it's natural. Everything I can possibly do to get Akron to win that game so my team can go to a bowl game at five and seven. This is this is the most ridiculous scenario that they could be in. When we listen, all the teams here in Vegas that we talk about, when it's the preseason before any of their season starts, we talk about so many different possible scenarios. What happens if the Raiders go to the playoffs? What happens if the Raiders finish in the bottom five, right? What happens if the Golden Knights are Stanley Cup contenders? What happens if they miss the playoffs again? We do all these different scenarios for all the teams. There's not a chance that we would have ever come up with coaches fired. You're five and seven. You, can you go might to a bowl go to a bowl game if Akron, Akron beats, beats Buffalo on a Friday at 10 a.m. <laughs> there's no ch- of all the dumb <laughs> things we talk about. There's no way no. we could have ever done that. Real life is so great. Sometimes it's so amazing. Sometimes how I don't even know how we're here. Like this is the dumbest thing we could be in. Five I didn't, co- it's it's incredible. I didn't know before this season on the five and sevens that it came down to APRs. I I remember I, when they put I that in. No idea and that, the that first year there was there were a couple of teams that, that were got like, in because of it. Right. That were I think San Jose State was one of them. I think they went and had to go play in like Orlando, Florida as a five and seven team because they had a good APR or something like that. So I I remember it happening around the first time. And and that's the other part of this is like you're going to send UNLV to like Mobile, Alabama to play probably at like 3 p.m. on a Wednesday or something right. crazy like that against, I don't even know what teams are at the bottom of the barrel. Like, hell, they might play Rice. Some bowl game might yeah. get two, two five, five and seven teams. teams. <laughs> that poor you gotta, you gotta You got to be happy for the sponsor of that bowl. <laughs> we got five and, well, here, since UNLV fired their coach, you might actually be like, oh. We'll get a little bit of a bump rather than the bum conference USA team we would have gotten. More people are going to be intrigued by this nightmare scenario than UAB or whoever's higher, who's ever a bowl game from conference USA. So uh, what a, what a phenomenal scenario. I can't get enough of it. Um, and I can't wait for the coaching search to actually give us some good details. We'll get more into some possible names at nine o'clock. So stick around. Uh, Coming up next, though, the Golden Knights. eh, They lost in Pittsburgh last night, despite leading in the third period. Rebound came off the boards. Now another shot. They score. Casperi Kapanen gives Pittsburgh its first lead of the day. 4-3 Penguins with 10.35 to play in the third period. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. We're going to have uh, somebody compete for 100 bucks a little bit later this hour. Choose the winner of three NFL games, and you can take home $100 thanks to Dollar Loan Center. Uh, Jared, we also have Luke Bryan tickets and ZZ Top tickets. And a Porta Subs uh, entry. Six-foot classic sub from Porta Subs and a chance to win a Yeti cooler as well. Um, there are two World Cup games going on right now. Portugal already leads South Korea 1-0. Portugal's already advanced to the next round. Uruguay and Ghana are tied um, nil-nil. Ghana just missed a penalty. Uh, They got a penalty, but it was saved. And one of the funniest things that happens on a regular basis in soccer, when a penalty is awarded, uh, a lot of times players from the other team will try to walk over to the penalty spot and try to ruin it, like dig in, create some holes so that the player slips or something while they're taking the penalty. 
four Ghana players stood with their arms linked around the penalty spot so that Uruguayan players could not come and mess it up with their cleats. It's phenomenal. Smart. This sport. Smart guys. And then one of the Uruguayan players got a yellow card because he was trying to walk in between those players and the ref <laughs> said, get out of here. And get, it's, it's such a dumb sport. It's great. Um, but we'll talk more about the World Cup at 845. The United States, easy game coming up against the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, it's an easy game. Um, now, the Golden Knights last night lost to Pittsburgh 4-3. to three. They actually took a 3-2 lead in the third period, but then blew it, giving up two goals in the third. Here's, here's a few stats for you to run through. The Golden Knights allowed a season-high 47 shots on goal. They allowed 19 high-danger chances, also a season High at five on five last night, Pittsburgh had a 60% edge in Corsi and a 62% edge in expected goals beyond last night. Uh, the last nine games for Vegas. So November 15th through right now, the golden Knights are allowing the second most shot attempts at five on five and the 13th most expected goals per minute uh, at five on five in the NHL comparatively before November 15th, the Golden Knights were allowing the sixth fewest expected goals at five on five. So they've gone from one of the six best to basically an average team when it comes to allowing expected goals. That might be a bit of an issue. Nine games is not a massive sample size by any means, but we've gotten basically two weeks now of the Golden Knights not being this defensive juggernaut that we saw earlier yeah, in the so year. So what's going on with the zone defense? I don't know. Because they're giving up way too many shots and way too many high danger chances. That's the first two weeks of the season, that's what we heard. Oh, well, before the preseason, we heard it's going to take time. It's going to take time to learn a system. We're probably going to have some bumps in the road to start. And then they start and they don't. Yeah. They were great. It's been the opposite. And now it's been the opposite. Now they go in, you know, six, 14, 15 games in. They can't stop anybody. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, one of the goals that Pittsburgh scored last night, they had Golden Knights had a couple of defensemen that were scrambling to get back into position, and their puck was behind the net. Pass comes out right in front of the crease, and they score. That's happened quite a bit where teams have been able to score or at least get a really good chance uh, when they have the puck behind the net and find a guy, a teammate to pass to that's right in front of the net. That seems a bit concerning. For Vegas, um, but it is interesting, and I think if we're talking about the Golden Knights and are they going to be a Stanley Cup contender, probably the most important thing is they are great defensively and not allowing chances, right? They've scored goals this year. That hasn't been as big of an issue as we thought it was, but I do think the number one thing that Vegas needs to be a cup contender is they need to be, hey, we're number three, four, five in the league at allowing chances. Well, they can't play like they're playing right now. No. Have any chance at that. Not at all. Um, also, Pittsburgh's game-winning goal last night, it came on a power play, so it wasn't a five-on-five five issue, but their game-winning goal last night, Logan Thompson got about like eight feet out of the crease. Uh, Sidney Crosby had the puck, and Thompson just, uh, just got kind of embarrassed. As Logan Thompson was trying to skate back to the crease, he just knocked a guy over, knocked Jake Gunsel over and got a penalty for interference. And then Pittsburgh promptly scored right after that. Right. So the game winning goal was because Logan Thompson just knocked a penguin over while trying to skate back to his crease and they got a power play out of it. Am I correct in that Danny Webster tweeted this morning that winning percentage, the Kraken might be ahead? Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually checked that. That might be Kraken have won seven straight. How, how are they that good? I don't, they're like 15. What's happening there? Expansion teams, man. They're they, always good. They sucked last year, though. Oh, they were terrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it takes an expansion year. It takes know. a year? Yeah, it takes a year. To get things going? Uh, that is accurate. Your top points percentage in the NHL, the Boston Bruins, the New Jersey Devils, and coming in at number three, the Seattle Kraken. Wow. Ahead of the Golden Knights. Um, they have... Uh, the Golden Knights still have more points, but they've played two more games than Seattle. So, technically, Seattle has the best record in the West. How Man, if you're the Pacific Division, and you're like, oh my god, we're getting two expansion teams in the course of like five years? We're gonna, this is great. Yep. And then they're the best two teams. Phenomenal. By the way, Korea just scored, and Uruguay just scored. This has been a phenomenal start to the morning. Um, Portugal's already through. So it doesn't matter if they lose except for getting first or second in the group. Korea has to win to have a chance and Uruguay has to win to have a chance. And both of those countries have scored in the last like three minutes. So another fun morning of the World Cup. It's great. It's almost as good as college football. Those two sports. No, there's nothing as good as Akron at 10 a.m. against (laughs) Buffalo on a Friday to decide whether UNLV is going to a bowl game or not. Thank God I have three TVs. I'm going to have two World Cup games in Akron-Buffalo. It's Buffalo. absolutely amazing, and I'm going to go home and actually turn on Akron-Buffalo on a you Friday are. morning at 10 a.m. It's the biggest game in UNLV <laughs> in almost a decade. <laughs> there should be UNLV watch parties yeah, over there. I was this. about to say. That we, why yeah. is the top of uh, the damn rodeos there? I was going to say, why is it the Thomas and Mac open With for a, a huge Buffalo screen. watch party? Yep. Yes. Yeah, you can't do it. I, was, I want, like, during the World Series when they show the away team, like, oh, look at all the fans that showed up at their ballpark to watch it. There should be during this Buffalo-Akron game, now back in Las Vegas, here's the watch at party. the Fertitta football <laughs> complex. Everyone's gathered around the TV. we got to be furiously Googling Akron football players to know who to cheer for in this game. Did Akron fire their coach? What if they're playing without a coach? <laughs> they went 2-9. Guy might be fired. What a great... Oh, my God. Sports are incredible. We're going to have... And all that's going to be done by one today. Yeah. We'll they'll know Cup, by well, 1 o'clock today yeah. whether they're practicing tomorrow or turning everything in. By 1 o'clock, there will have been four World Cup games played and the biggest game in UNLV football in eight years. Yes. Phenomenal morning. Doesn't get any better than this. I love it. It's great. And I don't even know what I'm going to do tonight. Probably nothing because all the all the important sporting events will be soccer over. Soccer will be over? Yeah, soccer will be done. Buffalo Akron, massive college football game. Oh, the Pac-12 championships tonight. I'll watch that. You Forgot could, that's on a Friday. you know, take the fiance out to dinner or do something like that and keep the TVs off for a night. Why the hell you could would do I do something that? like that? Well, because We went it's... out to dinner like three or four days ago. Oh, well, I mean, if you've already been out once this week, yeah. God forbid you go out again. Well, Tuesday. We went out Tuesday. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Good for the week? Probably yeah. good for the month. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk to Ben Brown. Uh, slight tease to some point in the show that I haven't figured out yet. Did Drew Brees get struck by lightning? What I said was about throwing it deeper in the short game. You know, I, I got to execute that part better, but it's the short game that we kept going to, which was working, but... I felt like we needed chunk plays, and you know, I shouted that out to kind of get everyone going. And that's emotional. That's football. I'm passionate about this game. It's the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. We got a lot going on at the moment. Uruguay just scored again, by the way. They're up two nothing on Ghana, and as it stands, would be heading to the round of 16. We got Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus on the phone. Um, all right, Ben, I don't know if you've seen this this morning. Have you seen the video of Drew Brees? I've, I've seen I've seen it. I do think uh, it, it's definitely fake okay. from my perspective. Okay. But, um, For anybody listening, there's a video out there. 
where it looks like Drew Brees got struck by lightning while filming a commercial. I'm with you, Ben. It it looks fake, and I'm assuming it's some sort of stunt to get some, I don't know, publicity. But Drew yeah. Brees might have been struck by lightning. Wait, Ed, who just tweeted that he did? Catrell tweeted that she texted him, <laughs> and that he, which... <laughs> Did you get struck by lightning? He actually tw- texted back, no, I'm fine. I did not get struck by lightning. Okay. The Saints reporter is on all top of things. Okay. So Drew Brees probably didn't get struck by lightning. Probably not. Or I don't maybe, think he would text I don't know who's texting back if it's not him. I mean, if he got struck by lightning, maybe somebody else has his phone. Yeah. So Texting back. Not taking that as, as 100% truth yet either. Um, all right, Ben. Also, wanted to... Uh, I, I was wondering if you were aware of the current scenario that our wonderful college football program here, UNLV, is under. Um, they fired their football coach, Marcus Arroyo. They're five and seven because they have good grades. They are one of the better five and seven teams, or one of the five and seven teams that could go to a bowl game. Um, their chances at going to a bowl game, though, rest on Buffalo and Akron, which kick off in two and a half hours today. And if Akron wins, UNLV goes to a bowl game. If Buffalo wins, Buffalo goes instead of UNLV. It's a phenomenal scenario. Would you bet on Akron to upset Buffalo with this new knowledge? Um, unfortunately, I, I do think there might be a little bit of value on Akron, but I don't think the odds are all that great, right? I think from PFF's perspective, we're right around you know a 22% chance of Akron, um, I would say, upsetting Buffalo. So there's definitely a chance, and we, uh, we actually do find a little bit of value on you know like a plus 350 money line. So maybe if you're looking for an afternoon sweat outside of you know the World Cup, uh, you know draws action or Uruguay action or something like that, um, maybe Akron is worth uh, you know a little bit of a sprinkle because I guess we do find a little bit of value on it. But yeah, it's, it's definitely not. You know, a, a, an overly likely you know scenario from our perspective. This, this is why we have been. I was about to say this. We I just love. broke down Akron Buffalo uh, <laughs> more than we've ever known about either team. This is why you're on. This is awesome. Just that a awesome random stuff. Mac game at 10 a.m. on Friday, <laughs> and Ben Brown's your guy. Um, all right, before we get to the NFL, have you been betting on the World Cup, and and what have you liked to bet on so far? So I actually have been betting on it. Um, I, I've been betting this first half draw thing for the past, basically since the whole uh, pool play kind of started, which has been, it's been fairly good. And it is also enjoyable. I know I'm cheering for all the wrong things where I want, you know, a zero zero game going into halftime and stuff like that. But I've actually, you know, for the most part, I, I, I would say I've never really gotten heavily involved in, you know, the game of soccer, I would say from like a consumer perspective or anything like that. PFF is, I would say kind of branching out in that direction. And one of our, you know, goals is to kind of build, um, you know, some sort of like betting product or betting model that we could use to kind of predict against the spread. So I've very much been trying to consume it kind of from that angle. And I do think that, you know, the enjoyment of it was um, something that I didn't really expect, but I think it's been, uh, I would say really entertaining, even when there isn't, you know, a ton of goals being scored. So my only real wages have been USA, first half draws, which have both, I would say, worked out fairly well so far, but uh, I think I need to come up with a new strategy here as we move out of the group stage. The U.S. to advance past Netherlands, that's your next bet. That's the, I mean, I am going to, I am going to bet the money line on U.S. Let's go. I know, I know yes. everyone will bet it. Thank it's, you, it's, Ben. It's what you have to do, but I support my country, that's for sure. That's right. Good, good choice. Good decision, Ben. See, finally, we got, Ed, we finally got somebody on this show that agrees with me. That they can at least bet on the United States to beat the Netherlands. Oh, I never. No, no. You said who did I think would win? I, yeah. I, if there's value, you'd bet. If you're asking me who I bet, I bet the U.S. Just oh, because I, you know. Wow. But you don't think they're going to value win. there? No, you I don't, don't think, think they. Win. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Yeah, All right. I've, 
I, I would say I have a couple soccer guys, or in, not necessarily insider guys or anything, but they've all said that Netherlands has looked, you know, very susceptible in their group play and hasn't really performed up to expectations. So I think, you know, setting up for that, that might be, you know, a, a ripe chance of an upset here coming up tomorrow. So I'm, I'm fully on board with the U.S. today, that's for sure. They've scored, the Netherlands has scored five times in three games with their expected goals is only like 2.6 or something like that. Right. They vastly overperformed their chances by quality and quantity. All right. Uh, in the NFL, I am curious. Are you trying to play any Browns player props with Deshaun Watson starting this week? Uh, I haven't, I haven't looked at it a ton. I do think, um, I, I do think that, you know, a situation where Deshaun Watson can maybe throw an interception, uh, is kind of likely obviously coming off a really long rest and those sorts of things. And I think it's, you know, going to be somewhat of a popular narrative maybe to see him struggle here starting out. So I don't mind that. Uh, I think a guy like, you know, Amari Cooper is obviously going to see the biggest benefit has been, I would say, you know, much better than expected in that number one wide receiver role. But, you know, with Watson throwing him the football now, I could see him, you know, potentially clearing some of his, um, you know, player prop receptions, like his receiving yards at 65.5. That's kind of where, you know, for the most part, he is, uh, he did get a decent bump up here. Uh, I think he's kind of been in that 55 to 60 yard range. Uh, you know, through the latter half of the this season so far, but uh, I think up to sixty-five and a half probably doesn't bake in. You know, where Deshaun Watson's probably going to end up eventually and being, uh, you know, a lot better than Jacoby Brissett. So I think I think a Cooper would be the one spot that I would uh, lean on, and then you know, outside of that, um, you know, I, guys like you know Nick Chubb and uh, and Kareem Hunt were kind of involved in the passing game more than expected. I kind of think that flips, you know, with the quarterback change as well. So going under on some of you know, the running back uh, reception props and those sorts of things, I think makes a lot of sense here on Sunday. If you were setting a line for how many games Aaron Rodgers plays the rest of this season, what would you put it at? I would put it at 1.5, but I think 2.5 is probably the correct answer. Um, but I, I think without, uh, I think if he doesn't, I think if he struggles in the first half, we are going to see Jordan Love come into the Bears game. Uh, and I do think we're probably going to see Jordan Love play pretty well, and that could kind of be, I would say, it for Aaron Rodgers this season, depending on how things shake out in the offseason. I do think they're going to move forward with one of you know Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, who they very much have to kind of figure out the contract situation if they are going to move on from him. But I think both, you know, trying to build up a trade market or trade value for both those players makes a lot of sense given the current state of the Green Bay Packers. So I think sooner rather than later we're going to see Jordan Love here you know, start a couple games. Uh, and I think that is very much the best decision that the Packers organization can make right now. We saw it last year with the Raiders. They beat Cleveland and went on kind of a little run. Uh, this year they get Denver. They've won two straight overtime games. Now they get the Chargers. Believing more in the Raiders, and what do you think about this week in terms of uh, L.A. coming into Allegiant? Yeah, the, the the spread movement has been, I would say, you know, very much one-sided. Right? I think we've seen, you know, two and a half, uh, you know, minus two and a half points spread for the Chargers is all the way down to, you know, minus one now. It seems like the betting market is definitely buying into, uh, kind of like you said, the, the Raiders peeling off a few victories here. I do think it kind of speaks to where we, where we were at in the offseason with them, right? I think there was probably an expectation that, you know, the Josh McDaniels offensive scheme was going to take some time to install and take some time to actually get right. And I think we're kind of starting to see, you know, the fruits of that labor a little bit here. So, I think if you're playing any spot right now in the spread, um, I don't mind the Raiders at minus one. I think that's probably, you know, the spot that PFF is showing from, you know, a value perspective, 
the Chargers just have still continued so many injuries, especially you know along their offensive line that I think Max Crosby is going to have you know a, a big game hopefully as well. So. I think, you know, both offensively and defensively, the Raiders match up pretty well here. And I do think this could be, you know, a stretch to the point where they uh, do get a little bit hot here and at least at least finish off, um, you know, the regular season, I would say, on a high note. It's too early for the Chargers to hilariously collapse, right? Like, this has got to be a week 15, 16, 17 type thing. Not, not right now. This is the middle of the season. It's middle of the season. But, yeah, I think, like, there's always, like, one or two brutal losses in the middle that are kind of, like, foreshadowing to uh, the complete end of season collapse because there's got to be something where they end up, you know, six and six coming out of this game, still very much in the playoff hunt, but uh, very much need to string together some wins here towards the end of the season. So I think that might be, you know, kind of what's developing here, but uh, I'm with you. The, the really brutal collapse uh, is coming week 15, week 16. Uh, but, but until then, I think this might be, you know, one or two mini ones uh, here, given the current state of where they're at. You believer in Mike White? I am not a long-term believer in Mike White, but I do. But I do also not believe whatsoever in the Minnesota Vikings defense, and I think that kind of plays into what we saw last last night and last week. Right, a, a Mac Jones-led Patriots offense had probably their best performance of the season on Thanksgiving against uh, you know a Minnesota Vikings defense that I think people probably don't understand. You know how bad they've been from a coverage perspective. They're the seventh worst. You know, coverage unit from an EPA allowed per play per per passing play so far this season. And when you you remove some of their big type uh, type swing plays where they get the interceptions and get the fumble recoveries at the end of games, like they are the probably the third or fourth worst coverage unit in football right now. And so I think Mike White's in line for maybe another big game, but uh, I don't think he necessarily has what it takes to get the Jets. Uh, to actually be able to knock or to be able to pull off any sort of upset, I would say against another team in the AFC come playoff time. So maybe this week uh, I'm a little bit of a Mike White believer, but I think long term uh, I, I don't know if the Jets are going to have what it takes at the quarterback position to really uh, you know survive any matchups. I would say in the AFC. All right, Ben, you covered Buffalo, Akron, a little bit of World Cup, and the NFL. You're the best. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Ben. You. I pre- I appreciate you guys. Have a great show. So there's Ben Brown from Pro Football <laughs> he, Focus. He reeled off that Akron Buffalo, and I'm like, I know nothing about this game, and now I know everything about I this game. I just threw it out there as like, a, hey, Ben, we've got one of the most yeah. ridiculous situations. Knew the line. Knew and the he's movement. like, well, <laughs> our implied probability on Akron is 24%. Is, right. I was like, okay. He was apparently ready to go for that question. That was great. Um, all right. We... Are giving somebody a shot to win a hundred bucks right now. It's Friday Football Frenzy, sponsored by Dollar Loan Center. We're going to give you three NFL games. If you can correctly predict the winner of all three games, you will win one hundred dollars. Caller number six right now, 702-364-1100. Caller number six is going to get a shot to play for a hundred bucks. That's 702-364-1100. No, I was just trying to whatever I can do to to play football in in 2022. So, you know, most of the the settlement stuff with the NFL was mostly my agency and legal team. I had no control. Uh, my main focus was doing everything I need to do so I can play this year. We are back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Struck 
I don't think Drew Brees was dressed by white uh, But you think he was? No, I said I don't think he was. No, I don't think he was either. But it's Friday Football Frenzy sponsored by Dollar Loan Center offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of the 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. We've got $100 on the line. And John is on the phone. All right, John, we've got three NFL games for you. We're going to give you these three games. You just have to pick the winners. If you correctly pick all three winners, you'll win 100 bucks. thanks to Dollar Loan Center. If not, that will roll over, and we will have 200 to give away next week. Your first game, John, is Jags at Lions. I'll go to the Lions. All right. Your second game, Chargers at Raiders. I'll go to the Chargers. All right. And your final game, Browns at Texans. Uh Browns. All right. All, all right. three road teams. If the Jack or excuse me, one home team. If the Lions, <laughs> Chargers, and Browns all win, uh, you'll be taking home a hundred bucks. Good luck, John. Good luck, John. Oh, thank you. So Lions, Chargers, Browns. Johnny four. was very serious. John, he was ready to go. Um all I right. I think he had a child with him. <laughs> See? Don't have those. Um now hey, the worst. <laughs> this Drew Brees story, uh, if you haven't seen it, there's a video yeah. going around that makes it appear as though he was struck by lightning. Um Drew Brees has apparently told Chase Daniel uh, also that he was not struck by lightning. People have found back in October, the company that he was reportedly shooting a commercial for is PointsBet. Apparently PointsBet unveiled a new way to bet on sporting events called lightning bets. Oh, there we go. Now it all makes sense. Uh, how much should they be shamed for faking somebody getting struck by lightning to promote lightning bets? I don't know if it's shamed. It's a little creative. All right. Well, they're getting a <laughs> lot of creative. they're getting a lot of flack at the moment. Well, sure. Because they're like, how could you joke about Drew Brees getting struck by lightning? Well, you know the name now, don't you? <laughs> it's lightning bets by point something. Uh, my favorite part is that an NFL reporter named Amy Dash. Yeah, uh, she's the one that Hook, I saw line and sinker that I saw tweet out the video saying breaking Drew Brees struck by lightning. Right. And then she's now got like a 10 tweet thread being like, uh oh, this isn't true. And it ends with points bet needs to come clean about its alleged manipulation for publicity. <laughs> well, you just fell for no, she kind of <laughs> fell for it in the beginning. It, it looked pretty fake uh, the whole time. Yes. There. Um, so Thursday night football last night, the Bills beat the Patriots 24 to 10, Mac Jones threw for a whopping 195 yards on 36 attempts. Patriots also only ran for 60. Mac Jones was on the sideline, uh, seen yelling to throw the ball because the run game wasn't working. Uh, him throwing the ball was not working very well either. The Patriots are six and six. Um, they are, we'll see what happens this weekend, but they're going to be one or two games out of the final playoff spot in the AFC. They're not a playoff team, are they? Oh, I mean, they we, might be depending on who, who, what happens everywhere else. Is it is it strange that everyone like anointed the AFC West as the best, like the yeah, best division? The it, it's like I think everyone's still in the mix in yeah. the in the AFC East, they despite are. us all kind yes. of going. Is Tua good or is I believe Tyreek Hill just? I, I, is it? Are they? Or just two weapons are very, very good. I think they have the best head coach in the league this year. Um, Miami? Yes. As long as you're not talking to him about head injuries. The Jets? I don't don't believe in the Jets or the Patriots 
And for them to both miss the playoffs, it means the Chargers have to come through. Or the Raiders or Colts have to go on like a seven-game seven winning game streak, streak or something. And I don't... The Chargers are the safe bet? Is that what I'm telling myself? Oh, yeah, right I was now. about yes. to say, is that yeah. it? Do you feel confident no. with that? So maybe the Patriots You're waiting are for them to team? implode. Yeah, but like... It's the Jets, and we just... Mac Jones isn't any good. Did you guys see that stat that, like, over the last four years, the Jets have only had, like, 300 passing yards three times? It's, all, it's, it's always so, when Mike White yeah. comes in. It's great. It's phenomenal. Because <laughs> um, here's the other thing about the Patriots that I have to yell about here. Last night, the New England Patriots had on their active roster one punter and two kickers. Nick Folk kicked the field goals and extra points. Michael Pallardy punted, and Tristan Vizcaino was added to the active <laughs> roster specifically to kick off. This would have driven you nuts. Bill Belichick should be fired <laughs> today. What world do you need three active guys to kick the ball? I thought you'd be more upset with them punting uh, uh, down 17 on the 46. Belichick then, has been doing bad three, punts for years. Then they he's, have three kickers. A- Eligible. He, he's a special teams coach. Yeah. He's always been a special teams coach. He always punts in any questionable scenario when it's like, ah, should you go for this? Belichick always punts. He should be fired for that too. He had three. I've been yelling on this show that teams should have one active kicker or punter. That one guy should be able to kick off, kick field goals, and punt. Yeah, you also think that like the safety should long snap. <laughs> no, no, no. The safety should be the holder. If your safety can kick, then you don't need any active kickers. Let the safety kick. But Bill Belichick went the opposite direction, and there's a finite number of roster spots, and he used three on guys that guy kick. kicked the ball. What is, what is that? It? That's horrible. That's just that's is just it? stupid. That is genuinely just stupid. You're telling me Nick Folk couldn't oh. kick off? They kicked off three times in the game. One of them was a was a onside kick too. So they kicked off twice in the game. Belichick had a guy on the active roster for two plays yesterday. Two plays. Tristan Vizcayano. Uh, it's not even a real person. I could yes, not believe it. Is. it. Hey, hold when on. I know a Tristan. They kicked off to start the second <laughs> half, and Al Michaels was like, ah, Tristan Vizcayano just called up to handle kickoffs. I was like, he is not serious right now. He did not. He misspoke. There's no way Belichick called a guy up just to kick off a couple of times, but he did. Unbelievable. Unless that guy is the greatest onside kicker in the world, well, and did you're going to handle the, Did they have an onside kick? I, they did. I wasn't paying attention to who took it. But they didn't get it. Unbelievable. Fire Bill Belichick today.